the lord jesus established a new covenant through his blood we must understand and walk in the power of this new covenant that jesus established ratified and mediates for us where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the passover and he said go into the city to a certain man and say to him the teacher says my time is at hand i will keep the passover at your house with my disciples so the disciples did as jesus had directed them and they prepared the passover when evening had come he sat down with the 12 now as they were eating he said assuredly i say to you one of you will betray me and they were exceedingly sorrowful and each of them began to say to him lord is it i he answered and said he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me the son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it would have been good for that man if he had not been born then judas who was betraying him answered and said rabbi is it i he said to him you've said it and as they were eating jesus took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins but i say to you i will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom and when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives verse 28 again jesus said for this is my blood of the new covenant i want to talk to us this morning about this new covenant that jesus came to inaugurate establish ratify and mediate for us what is this new covenant what does it mean to you and me living today in you know in the 20 21st century just and and you know we are in a modern world what does this covenant mean to you and me today and so i'm just going to make a journey through the old testament and then come all the way into the new uh not necessarily mentioning every reference from where i'm speaking but you'd uh, find it in the sermon notes uh but just take us through this journey so that we understand what jesus is saying he's saying i'm going to go to the cross in order to establish a new covenant for you the reason i'm going to shed my blood is to inaugurate and establish this new covenant that each one of you can be a part of and in fact are part of right now as believers one of the things about the bible is that the bible is a book of covenants and in our modern english understanding when we talk about covenants we always think about contracts we don't think about the uh, title deed the uh, the stamp paper <laughs> the, the signature on it we think about contracts but really covenant is more than just the contract at least in the bible sense covenant actually is relationship it's 
a relate that the under underlying motivation for covenant is relationship god of the bible the god of the bible is a relational god there's relationship even in the tri- trinity in the triune god and god is relational and he wants to have relationship with us but his relationship is not just a casual thing you know i'm on today i'm off tomorrow and sorry you don't know what i'm doing no. he's so serious about that relationship with you and me that he establishes it as a covenant meaning this is a solemn oath that i'm making with you about my relationship with you and i'm inviting you into that kind of a relationship with me a covenant relationship because god is very serious about relationship and so the bible is a book of covenants there are many covenants throughout scripture and you find all kinds of covenants uh even covenants made by people peers equals covenants made between men you'll find covenants between between a superior and a junior somebody who's uh, between unequals people who are you know the kings and their subordinates or kings and other kings that they have captured they will establish covenants uh to say that this is the kind of relationship we are having with each other and uh, in the hebrew the word covenant the most the word that's used most often really means to cut a covenant meaning uh, uh there is this idea of blood coming in uh to ratify to establish the covenant and we will talk about that a little later but one of the some of the things about a covenant is that this covenant has responsibility so when there are two parties establishing a covenant a solemn oath a bond uh there are responsibilities there are terms of this relationship or we could call it responsibilities of both the parties but then there are blessings of the covenant and then of course there are consequences or you would say the curses for violating violating the covenant so a covenant uh, is established on those terms so uh, uh, the two parties would agree to these terms of the covenant what what is involved in this relationship and then there will there will be usually a sign or a token of this covenant something that uh, reminds people of this covenant that yes you've you've signed or you've established or you come into a covenant with this other party so there is there is a sign there's a token of the covenant uh, the covenant is usually ratified it's confirmed or it's inaugurated through some sort of a ceremony uh, uh, and uh, uh, and many very often that that ceremony itself is uh, involves the shedding of blood and we'll mention why and then there are mediators people who execute that covenant people who watch over and make sure that that covenant is actually kept by both parties there are mediators of that covenant in the bible we see the god of the bible as a god of covenant as i mentioned earlier and and that's his nature throughout the bible in 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 Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 and i just read some verses Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 god says know that the lord your god he is god the faithful god who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments Deuteronomy 7 9 he says this is your god he is a god of covenant and mercy and he keeps this covenant for a thousand generations meaning look this is a covenant that he's going to keep it 
He's going to stand by this through time. This is our God, the God of the Bible. He's a God of covenant. He keeps his covenant. In Psalm 89 verse 34, God says, My covenant I will not break. I will not alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. I will not break my covenant. If I have entered into a covenant, into, into an oath, into a bond with somebody, I will not break that covenant. I will not alter what's gone out of my lips. Is God saying, the God of the covenant. So, we see for instance, one of the earliest covenants is God's covenant with Noah. He says, Noah, here's my covenant. And not only with you, but with the entire human race, through you. That I will never destroy the earth again by a flood. I've done it once, I'm never going to do it again. That's my promise, it's my solemn oath, it's a covenant. And Noah, here's my token, here's my sign of the covenant. What is it? Oh, you've all been through Sunday school, right? <laughs> right. Here's the rainbow. That's a token of my covenant. It's a sign of my covenant. And every time I see that rainbow, it's going to remind you, it's going to remind me of this covenant I'm making. That I will never destroy the earth again through a flood. The most powerful kind of covenant is a blood covenant. A covenant that is inaugurated or ratified or is in, uh, that comes into effect through the shedding of blood. Because it means two things. It, first of all, it is saying that the consequence of violating of this covenant is very, very serious. It's being established by the shedding of blood. So typically what would happen is there would be the sac a sacrifice of an animal and both the parties would walk through that saying we are entering into a blood covenant. This is serious. It's life for life. If anyone violates it, the other party has the right to take their life. It's that kind of a covenant. But it also means that now there is the death of what we call as a testator, of something that is uh, representing this covenant. Therefore, now the covenant comes into force. A will only comes into effect... After the death of the person who wrote the will. So in this case, it's symbolic. It's, it's a ceremony that's saying this will, this covenant has now come into effect. A death has taken place. This covenant is inaugurated. We're going to keep it. So when God called this man Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. God did something. He gave him his promise. He said, I will bless you. I will make you a blessing through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's God's promise to him. Uh, it's his bond. He's saying, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. But then God did something. One day, Abraham was in, in, in big doubt. How about God, how are you going to bless me? How are you going to give me children and so on? And God said, Abraham, look at the stars. Can you number the stars? That's how many children I'm going to give to you. That's my solemn oath to you, my covenant to you. And then he calls Abraham, uh, he told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go and get some animals. Get a heifer, get a goat. Uh, and he said, also get two birds, uh, get a bullock. He said, cut those uh, animals into two, leave the birds by themselves. So Abraham did that. And then God caused Abraham to fall in a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, God himself, representing to uh, an oven, a flaming oven and a torch with you, Abraham, about the promise I've made to you. And you know, God says, this is it. I am ratifying this covenant. It's a blood covenant with you, Abraham. 
And Abram understands what it means. He understands God is saying, I will not break this covenant. And then God says, Abraham, from your side, what I want you to do for you and for your descendants after you, I want you, the male, uh, your men to be circumcised. It's a sign of my covenant in your body. It's a sign that you are in a covenant with me. So I'm setting up my covenant with you. And here's my sign. You, all of you will be circumcised. A sign that you are in covenant with Almighty God. So hence it's called a covenant of circumcision. And God said, you know, you walk, Abraham, in faith. You walk in obedience before me. And this covenant will be in effect in your life. And I will fulfill everything I promised to you. And the Bible says that when God, so God gave this promise and he signed off on it. And, and, and he signed off on this promise to Abraham as its own guarantor. The Bible says because God, he, he gave the promise. And usually what two parties will do is they will uh, uh, enforce that promise by an oath through somebody bigger. But here the Bible says God, because he could not swear by anyone else, he swore by himself. So he gave the promise and he took an oath by himself saying, I will keep this covenant with you, Abraham. I will not break it. That's how solid this covenant was with Abraham. He swore by himself that I will keep it. And if you look at Abraham, the, the, the blessings that God gave, gave to Abraham in his covenant, he said, I will bless you. I will make, uh, I will make you a blessing. Uh, you will have many descendants. Through your, through your descendants, the nations of the earth will be blessed. He said, I will give you this land that I'm talking to you about. You will have victory over your enemies. Your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies. That means they will take charge. They will control their enemies. They will dominate their enemies. He said, because you believe in me, I am imputing to you righteousness. I'm declaring you as righteous. And Abraham, I'm bringing you as a friend, as my friend. Because that is the ultimate purpose of covenant. To come into that relationship with God. So these were the blessings that God gave to Abraham through that covenant. Later on, as we see, as we progress through the Bible, we see that God uh, establishes something through Moses. As Moses comes on the scene and God says, Moses, I'm going to take you to be a deliverer of my people. And Moses goes first time before Pharaoh and he gets so uh, shake, shaken, he's so discouraged. He comes back to God and says, God, it's not working. You told me to throw my rod, I threw my rod, but you didn't tell me that Pharaoh's magicians can also do the same thing. So he's, he comes back to God shocked. And then God tells him, in Exodus 6, he says, Moses, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I revealed myself as El Shaddai. But they really didn't know me as Jehovah or Yahweh. But to you, and from now on, I'm going to reveal myself as Jehovah, as Yahweh. Meaning, Yahweh simply means God who is eternal, self-existent. And the God who keeps covenant. So that's Moses, I'm going to reveal myself to you. As Jehovah. And then all those amazing Jehovah names begin to unfold. He says, I, you know, of course this was to Abraham uh, before. And Moses probably writing uh, retrospectively. He says, he calls him Jehovah Jireh. And to Moses, many of these Jehovah names are unveiled. But you and I are familiar with Jehovah Rapha. The God or healer. The covenant God. Who is your healer. It says, Jehovah Nisi, the God of covenant, who gives you victory. Jehovah Rohi, the God of covenant, who is your shepherd. Jehovah, make a discount, the Lord, your righteousness. Jehovah Sikinu, 
Meaning, this is solid. I'm not going back on this. And so he unveils, reveals himself to his people through all of these covenant names. Now, then God gave Moses the law. And he, Moses brings the law and he reads out the law to the people. And then he sprinkles the people with the blood. He again sacrifices an animal. He sprinkles it before God and he sprinkles it before people saying this. Again, I'm establishing a blood covenant with you and before God. That these are the terms of that you're going to walk with God in, uh, before. And these are the, this is the law of Moses. And then he talks about, he declared to them the blessings of the covenant. You and I are familiar with it in Deuteronomy 28. He said, look, these are all the blessings of the covenant. If you walk in obedience before God, you'll be blessed coming in. And you'll be blessed going out. You'll be blessed in all the work of your hands. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed. Your basket, your store will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. The fruit of your cattle will be blessed. Everything will be blessed. God will open up the windows of heaven. He'll pour rain on your land to bless your, your land. These are all the blessings that will come on you. The blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. Meaning it'll be so much you can't... Get ahead of it. It'll always be ahead of you. But if you don't keep the terms of the covenant, then these are the curses. And then he mentions all the curses. That includes basically sickness and defeat and poverty and lack and want and, and all kinds of emotional and physical turmoil. All these things will come. These are the terms of the covenant. It's a blood covenant that I'm establishing with you. Now, what did this mean to the people? A people in covenant. What did it mean to them in their everyday life? I want to pick out a few examples from scripture to show what this covenant meant to the people. Remember when David went to fight Goliath? What did David say? Now let's go back to Sunday school. <laughs> David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is coming against the armies of the living? God. What is David saying? He's saying, boy, I got a covenant with God and I know you don't have it. You don't have a covenant with God. I've got a covenant. So when David faced his enemy, on what was he going to face the enemy? It wasn't the sling and the stone. It wasn't his military skill. He said, I'm coming against this man who's dared come against God's covenant people. He is uncircumcised. I've got a covenant with my God. So it meant a lot to him. God said, Abraham's seed will possess the gate of their enemies. Abraham's seed will dominate their enemies, will control their enemies. So he says, I'm going out on the basis of my covenant with God. Some of the greatest stories of covenant comes from the life and the ministry of Jesus himself. When he ministered on the earth, uh, 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 there's, there's some, several things he did based on covenant. In the 13th chapter of Luke, Jesus is in a synagogue one day and he sees a woman who's been bent over with a back problem and she's been in that condition for 18 years. 18 years. And then Jesus tells this woman, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Now people get upset. 
All the other people of covenant, they get angry. You're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath day. Then what does Jesus respond? He says, ought not this woman who is a daughter of Abraham. She's a woman in covenant with who bound her. So what she was having was not a blessing of the covenant. It was a violation of her covenant with God. Satan had bound. So the enemy comes to rob us of the blessings of the covenant. Are you with me? The enemy comes. There are blessings of the covenant that each one of us can have. And we'll talk about that. But the devil comes to steal those blessings. And in this woman's case, that's what happened. Jesus said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. She's a woman in covenant with God. But Satan has robbed her of that blessing. Now, what was her blessing? Healing, health. That was her blessing. Now, nowhere in scripture do you find God telling Abraham very specifically, Abraham, you know, my covenant to you is I will keep you and all your people in good health. He doesn't say that, verbalize that to Abraham. But the fact that God said, I will bless you. That means all who I am, I give to you. Who is God? Jehovah Rapha. That's yours. Who is God? Jehovah Jireh. Who is God? Jehovah Nisi. All that I am, I, all that I am, will bless you. Which includes healing from God. So Jesus says, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. She's in a covenant with God. And she has a right to be healed. So Jesus came there to undo what the work of this, the thief who was robbing her of her covenant blessing. Ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, be loosed from this bond the Sabbath day? Whom Satan has bound for these 18 years. There's another interesting incident in Matthew 15. When a Canaanite woman, a woman from Canaan, she is not a Jew. That means she is not in covenant with... This has been specially baked for the children. I can't take the children's bread. This sounds rude, but it wasn't really... She understood it in her language, you know. When you tell somebody you're a pain in the neck, it might sound a little rude, but they understand. Right? So Jesus said, I can't take children's bread and give it to the dogs. You've come for something that's actually right now meant for the children. What is it? She came for healing for her daughter who was troubled by demons. See, our deliverance, our freedom from demonic powers is our bread. It's, our, it's the children's it's meant for you and me. I can't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But look at this woman. She said, but Lord, it's okay. You keep the bread. Just give me the crumb. She said, but the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the masters. So one crumb is enough. Give the children the bread. Just give me a crumb. I mean, look at her faith. And Jesus tells her in Matthew 15, 28. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Be it to you as you will. It teaches us something that uh, uh, you know, that, that healing and deliverance is, is part of the covenant. It's the children's bread. It's something you and I got to be eating and, and enjoying just regularly, normally. And it takes faith to receive it, is what this woman did. She had to take it. Just one crumb. Take it. You see a similar story in Matthew, the 8th chapter, when this Roman centurion comes to Jesus. Again, he's not a man in covenant. He comes to Jesus. A Roman centurion. And, you know, he comes on behalf of his servant who is paralyzed and uh, he's going through physical pain and all that. And, 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 and of course, Jesus get, releases the word and, and Jesus is amazed at his faith. He says, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in all Israel, Matthew eight thirteen. And then he says, but the sons of the 
sons of Abraham. And these people who are actually supposed to enjoy the benefits of the covenant, they are going to be disappointed. There's going to be weeping and gnashing. Why? Because they didn't have the kind of faith this Roman centurion had. See, people outside the covenant came with faith and they took. Whereas the people in the covenant didn't receive because of this lack of faith. So, I just want to impress on our hearts this morning, the covenant has blessings. There's an enemy that tries to rob us of those blessings. But by faith, we receive, we walk in the blessings of the covenant. Now, what happened with the old covenant? The problem with the Mosaic law, the covenant of law, was that it was based on law. It was based on all these rules. And uh, nobody could keep it, meaning man was failing his side of the covenant. He ended up breaking one or more of those laws and ended up in disobedience and therefore losing out on the blessings. It demanded righteousness, but it didn't empower people to walk in it. It only succeeded in showing man's imperfections, that the fact that man could not keep his side of the covenant. It, it, it strengthened sin. It, made, it brought guilt and shame and condemnation. It brought death. Uh, it was powerless to save. Uh, there, was, there were just ongoing sacrifices uh, and every year. And uh, the, the, the priest had to come as a mediator and make sacrifices. Uh, but peop- there was always a remembrance of the wrong that was being done. So essentially the Bible says that uh, this, this old covenant could not redeem. It could not justify. It could not give life. It, uh, it just became a big yoke of bondage. It just became a heavy burden for people. So what was the whole point of the old covenant? Paul sums it up in Galatians, the third chapter, verses 19 to 25. He says, you know, what, was a, what purpose does this loss serve? You know, why did God give it anyway? To point us to Jesus. To point us to this fact that we need Jesus. And that we cannot. He completes the old and then he says here as we read, I'm establishing a new covenant with my blood. I'm setting up something new for you. What's about this new covenant? It's a covenant of grace. Not based on what I can do, but it's based on what God endows to you and me. He says, take it. It's by grace. It's free. You just walk in faith. It's a covenant of grace as opposed to a covenant of the law keeping the law. It's a covenant that is sealed with the blood that Jesus Christ shed for us. The perfect Lamb of God, which therefore does not require ongoing sacrifices to deal with walking before God. Now in this new covenant, what God does is this. He says, I will give you the free gift of righteousness. You come into this covenant with me through faith in my son, Jesus Christ. I will give you this free gift of I will make you righteous in my eyes. I will justify you. I will remove all sin, all guilt, all shame, all condemnation. And this gift of righteousness qualifies you to rule and reign in life. You're going to walk as a victor, as a dominator, to rule and reign in life. And in this new covenant, the sign of this new covenant is that is circumcision of the heart. Meaning, I will make you a brand new person in your, in your heart. A new creation. That's the sign of this new covenant. It's right inside you, in your spirit. I make you a brand new person. And he says, I will write my word in your hearts and your minds. It's in the old covenant. It was written on tablets of stone. God says, I'll put my very word in your heart, into your mind. That you will start thinking and living and walking the things I say and things I would like to do. And I will pour out my spirit on you. I'll put my spirit in you. And I will empower you with my spirit to live 
by this new creation that I make you. And the law, that I, the word that I put in your heart and mind. The Holy Spirit empowers you to walk in it. The old covenant didn't have that. No empowering to walk in it. But in the new covenant, God says, I'll put my spirit in you. I'll anoint you. And then he says, the Holy Spirit will also make you a minister of the new covenant. That you can minister this covenant to one another, to other people. The Bible says in, many, in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews and also in Corinthians that this is a more glorious covenant. This covenant that Jesus established by his blood, it's a more glorious covenant. It is a better covenant. It's based on better promises. So here's what I want to challenge you and me. In the old covenant, God promised so many things to his people. Health and healing. He promised that. He promised them provision to meet their needs, to supply their needs. He promised to bless their families, to bless their children. He promised them victory over their enemies, protection and preservation and and all of that. He promised that. And then here in the New Testament, the Bible says we have a covenant that is better than that. Are you with me? So how much more you and I can walk in the blessings of God and all that God is, that it can actually become real to you and me. But as we mentioned, this covenant of grace, we've got to walk in it by faith and obedience. Walk in it by faith and obedience. It's a covenant of grace, but we receive those, those blessings by faith and obedience. You do what God's taught, taught, taught us to do with the New Testament. Walk in it and by faith receive the blessings of this new covenant. We must fight for our covenant rights. Got to fight for it because there's an enemy that wants to take it away. So God's given us those covenant blessings, but the enemy wants to rob us of it. But Jesus Christ is the mediator of this covenant. He's there to enforce that covenant for you and me. Then we stand and say, God, these are the blessings of of this covenant that I have with you. I want it in my life. He enforces that covenant. So now in that upper room, Jesus with his disciples, as he sits at that table, that last supper, and I, even as Paul recounts that in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, you know, when the Lord sat at the table, and he says, you know, take, eat, this is my bread, drink this cup, it's my blood of the new covenant. Paul says, every time we do it, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. So this partaking of the, of the elements is us making a proclamation that I am in covenant with, And in this covenant, these are my blessings, right? We are declaring, this is my covenant. We are proclaiming, this is my covenant with Almighty God. A covenant that Jesus Christ set up by shedding his own blood, giving his own life as a sacrifice. He inaugurated it, he established it, he ratified it. And today he stands as the mediator of that covenant, saying, I will enforce it in your life and mine. But 1 Corinthians 10, Paul also says that because we all eat of that same bread and we all drink of that same cup, he says, therefore we are one body. Meaning, not only are we in covenant with God, but we are also in covenant relationship with one another. Meaning our relationship with each other is a covenant relationship. Through that same covenant that we have with God, we are also in covenant with each other. So every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are not only proclaiming our covenant relationship with God, but we are also proclaiming our covenant relationship with each other. So we are all eating of that same bread. We all drink of the same cup. Therefore, we are all one body. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. So God's nature is that of covenant. We are created in His image. So it's our nature to be covenant people. It's our nature to have meaningful bonds, relationships. It's our nature to... To expect people to keep their word to us and us to keep the word to them. We're born. We're covenant people. And of course, because of the world, we unlearned that and we need to relearn 
covenant relationships with each other. This morning as we get ready to partake of the Lord's table, I want you to thank Jesus for this new covenant that you and I have with him as believers. And then we're going to pray and say, God, I want the blessings of this covenant. Remember the blessings of the covenant don't just drop on us automatically because there's an enemy that wants to steal that from us, wants to rob that of us. I want to encourage us this morning saying, God, if I'm really, in, because I'm in a covenant with you, I want those blessings. I want to walk in those covenant blessings in my life. For some of us, it may be healing in our bodies. Uh, just a few minutes and then we will start serving, okay? Uh, a few minutes, let's hold on. It, for some of us, it may be healing in our bodies. For some of us, it may be victory in a, in a, in a difficult situation. For some of us, it may... Can we do that this morning? Just Jesus provided for it. So we, as we pray, I want us to receive it. So let's just bow our heads for a few moments and then we will pray and then we will serve the elements. But let's take some time to pray this morning, this afternoon. First of all, if there's anybody who's with us here this morning, if you're seated up here, or you're down in the dining hall and you're listening to this message, but you're not sure if you are in a covenant with God. And you heard this morning that Jesus Christ came, the eyes of Almighty God. Anyone can come into this relationship with God by simple faith in Jesus Christ, by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I want to follow you. So if there's anyone here this afternoon and you're not sure you're in this relationship with God, but you'd like to do that. You feel a prompting inside your heart. You feel like, I, I want this. Whatever he's talking about, I want it. I want to have this relationship with God. Then I would like to lead you in a simple prayer. And I request you to pray that. Pray this prayer with me this morning. So that you could come into that relationship with God. Come into this covenant. There's a new covenant. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Wash me in your blood. Bring me into this covenant. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. And I do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? Whether you see it up here or down in the dining hall, just put your hand up. Anybody you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? Just put your hand up. Anybody you prayed this prayer? I don't know if there's anybody down in the dining hall. You can just clap and we'll know. Anybody in the dining hall? Okay. I don't hear any claps, so maybe no. Okay. Now, we are going to pray, right? We're going to partake of the Lord's table. And as you partake, you pray. Say, God, I'm in covenant with you. And all these blessings that the Bible talks about, those are mine. So we're going to go ahead. I call our worship team up, please. You can just play for us to worship the Lord for us and uh, with us. And uh, we'll serve the elements. Just hold on to the elements that everybody is served. And then we're going to pray. And we're going to uh, uh, believe God in this place. That God, with, that Jesus as the mediator of the covenant would enforce that in our lives. Bringing healing and whatever it might be, your needs that you're praying for. I want you to just believe God to receive it this morning. Right? So please hold on to the elements till everybody served. We're going to pray together and receive together.
let's just say this together. Lord Jesus, I am in covenant with you through your blood and your body. In this new covenant, I am cleansed by your blood. I am the righteousness of God. All sin, shame, guilt, condemnation has been removed. In this new covenant, you are my healer. By your stripes, my body is healed. My mind is whole. My emotions are healed. In this new covenant, my family is blessed. It goes well with me. I enjoy the labor of my hands. My children are blessed after me. You pour your spirit upon my children. Your blessing on my offspring. In this new covenant, I have victory over the enemy. I overcome the enemy. Every scheme, every assignment of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. In this new covenant, your word is in my heart and in my mind. In this new covenant, your spirit lives in me. And I'm, in, I'm empowered by your spirit to live victorious and to be a minister of the new covenant. In this new covenant, our glorious ministry is released through me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I receive the blessings of this new covenant. I receive it. I walk in the blessings of my covenant with God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I declare all these things in Jesus' name. As we get ready to partake of these elements, I I want you to do this expecting the Lord Jesus to touch your life. He is the mediator. The enforcer. The one who makes sure that this covenant is kept. 
expect him to enforce the blessings of this covenant in your life he stands before God and he stands here on earth expect to receive Lord Jesus said take eat this is my body that is given for you do this knowing I'm setting up a new covenant for you do this knowing I'm setting up a covenant with my own body and my own blood I am putting it in force by giving myself on the cross here it is take it this is my body do this in remembrance of what I've set up for you. Let's partake of the bread together. This blood, it talks about my covenant with you. My life that I give for you. To bring me into this covenant, to bring you into this covenant, I give my very life. When you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're saying you're in covenant with me. I'm the mediator. I will enforce it. I'm alive. I'll enforce it. If I did it for that woman whom Satan had bound those 18 years, if I enforced Abraham's covenant in her life, I'll enforce this new covenant in your life. If I gave that crumb to that Canaanite woman, how much more? I give you the blessing, the full blessing of the very covenant I died to bring to you. This blood is my new covenant with you. Drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup together. As we said this morning, this covenant, this this eating this bread and drinking this cup brings us into relationship with one another. We're gonna take some time to pray for one another. I'd just like to request all to all stand so we could pray for one another in this place. Each one of us are ministers of the new covenant. That means we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to enforce this covenant in each other's lives, to minister this covenant. We're going to pray for one another. So wherever you are, those of you in the dining hall downstairs and those of us up here, if you need prayer, I know you've already prayed before God, 
but we're also going to pray for one another so if you need prayer whether it's healing in your body there's some mind something in your mind your emotions that you need healing for if it's your finances if it's anything whatever goliath you may be facing it's an uncircumcised thing it doesn't have a covenant but you do you have a covenant with god so we're going to pray for one another just pray for each other so if you need prayer i just want you to raise your hand up wherever you are and then we'll ask people around you to just come to you and pray with you all right let's just pray for one another if you need prayer just lift your hand up the others just look around you if you have people around you just go to them and just say what can i pray for you and they might say you know i need healing they might say something else i'm going through pray for my family pray for my children pray for my job my profession whatever it is just go to them just pray with them you are a minister right at this moment as we pray god is doing amazing things Jesus is enforcing his covenant through you. Jesus. You are enforcing the covenant. name I command every work of darkness to be broken I command every sickness every disease to leave the bodies of God's covenant people I command every troubling devil that's been harassing minds and emotions I command you to leave in the name of Jesus we release people the things that are troubling their minds their emotions we break off lack and want and poverty and we declare the provision of god into people's lands we command the supply of god to come into their lives in the name of jesus because god is this new covenant that we have with you we thank you now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask think or even imagine according to his power that's at work in and through each one of us unto him be glory in the church through Jesus Christ amen amen god bless you keep walking in this awesome covenant that god has given to us god bless you have a great afternoon see you again we trust that this message was a blessing to you we'd love to hear from you you can email us at contact@apcwo.org Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.